but bigger than eight by ten. Eight by ten is too small for a wall. <laughs> I just meant eight by ten to get started. If you're scared of big prints. <laughs> Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is Photo Op. So we've talked about websites. We've talked about social media. We've talked about all sorts of things related to photography that are purely in the digital sphere but what about physical prints what about actually taking your photo and making it into a physical object we haven't really talked about that yet and so that's what we're going to do today we're going to talk about photo printing uh what do you think about that ben uh never do it ever it's completely (laughs) overrated no i'm totally kidding um I, I should really cut that, but I'm not gonna. Uh, no, no, it is it is uh, super undervalued, and uh, it, it there's there's something really nice about having a tangible thing in your hand that you can see and look at. Mm-hmm. Um, a photo on the wall um, completely beats a photo on your computer. Oh yeah, um, just yeah. just bar none. Um, having having a there's something nice about having kind of a physical tactile reminder. We are very, you know, kind of in general, people are very okay with photos being uh, really ephemeral. I mean, they're on your feed, on your social media, and people look at them and they get cycled out and they go away and you, and you never look at them again. And I think that's a shame. Um, having your photos in a physical form that you can look at, especially if you, you put a little bit of time and care into it so that it's something you can truly display um, is really neat. And, and it's such a cool thing to like have in your home where you're like, yeah, that's, that's my photo. That's not just some random art. Like I made that. Yeah. <laughs> like that's such a yeah. cool thing to have. So, so there's definitely like there, there are so many different reasons to print photos. Mm. You know, there's, um, that there's a photo that I took on our honeymoon where on the top of Mount Haleakala, mm-hmm. where you can see both the sun setting or the sun rising and the moon setting at the exact same, kind, like they're Sweet. both in the sky at the same time. Um, and so that's printed and huge and on display. And I get to see it now every time I walk up my stairs and that's so cool. Um, but then I was also just like going through my parents' house, kind of helping them pack up cause they're moving to a new house. And I found this old photo of my mom where she just went into, you know, like Sears photo studio or whatever it was at the time, um, right after her hair grew back from, uh, breast cancer and chemo. And it was like, hey, I have hair again. I want to go do a photo shoot. So she had, like, her, her like, glamour headshots. But, like, being able to kind of, like, see those old photos and, like, rediscover them of, like, this is the thing that you can only do if you print your photos, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is, it's funny how um, I feel like there are so many photos that have weathered um, uh, weathered the test of time better even though they're like pre-digital uh, because people don't make good backups they don't keep good track of their digital photos and they get it's lost true. or they disappear um or they get uh deleted in some unfortunate data accident and then you have these photos that you're not like a hundred years old <laughs> that have just stood the test of time to okay to everyone listening out there think about a scenario you get locked out of your facebook account and lose your phone 
how many photos <laughs> would you lose because you either only put it on Facebook and thought that was good or you take photos on your phone and that doesn't get backed up or saved or printed anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's insane how many how much stuff is just digital. Yeah. Um yeah. En- enough waxing and waning about the <laughs> philosophy and love of printing though. Uh today we are getting a, we are doing a deep dive into the actual logistics yes. of printing. Uh we're going to talk about um how we do printing, uh steps to take to get the best of printing. Um but I think I think the very first thing that we should talk about is what to print on Mm -hmm. because what you print on changes everything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean there are so many material options i mean you know the classic the classic is just you know normal photo paper um but even normal among normal photo papers like do you want gloss do you want a matte finish um, you know, they're different. When, when I was when I was doing this paper, paper research, yeah. uh, I found that Bay Photo has some twenty odd photographic print photo papers that you can choose from. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, there is so much. Yeah, um, just in paper. Yeah, yeah. So so here here are kind of the the main ones, or at least the ones that I I print the most of, and I think this will pretty much cover the spectrum. So there is photo paper. Mm-hmm. And we're going to divvy up photo paper into glossy, luster, and matte. I know that there's way more than that. There's like recycled art papers and like textured papers and like coatings and types of th- stuff like that. But either we're talking insanely glossy, kind of medium glossy, or not at all glossy. That's a <laughs> like everything can kind of be bundled into one of those. Um, the other thing is acrylic which uh, acrylic is actually a photo paper that is backed uh, with acrylic, but now they're also doing um, face-mounted acrylic. I'm not exactly sure how how those work. There's, like, a lot of different ways that kind of acrylic plays onto it, but it is one of those photo substrates that is put on acrylic. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next one is metal, which uh, is dye sublimation on aluminum. So that kind of has its own uh, look and pros and cons. Um, and then of course, canvas, the traditional one that everyone, everyone knows. Um, am I, am I missing anything? Um, the only one that I can think of other than that is glass. Um, I know that there's at least one glass printer that I've heard of in, uh, podcast ads, funny enough. Uh, do they, do they just fracture? do like etchings or do they actually do full photo? No, like? f- uh, at least the one that I'm aware of fracture does full real photo prints on glass which to my knowledge works similarly to acrylic um where it's printed on the back side of the glass i believe got it um i'm not sure what the advantage is because i've never done a glass print um so maybe it's something people want but yeah there you go (laughs) so we'll throw that one out as Mm -hmm. it exists but yeah i didn't research it so i don't know (laughs) never done it um, so, uh, before we kind of get into all the other things, I want to throw out what I know about all these different kind of choices, because, uh, each one, 
uh, kind of has its own style and aesthetic, and you may like some and not others. So canvas, um, I know that they have different coatings on canvas. You can get like a semi-glossy canvas, but for the most part, canvas is going to have that old textured painterly feel. Um, you can get away with just a murderously low resolution if you print on canvas because mm-hmm. the texture will hide a lot of the artifacting or imperfections from upscaling. Um, that said, I sell very, very, very few canvases mm-hmm. because unless a client already says, I have so many canvases in my home, that's just like my style. I want a canvas. They look at the other options and say, Ooh, I like that better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the next one is the acrylic. I'd say acrylic and metal both kind of have the same, um, kind of qualities to them in terms of what kind of photos look best. I think that really just comes down to an aesthetic preference of do you like that thin metal or do you like the heavier kind of feeling of the like glass um, on the wall? Um, but both of them can print. Uh, acrylic can actually, since it's on photo paper, can print at a higher DPI, but both of them can print at a very high resolution in compared to canvas. Uh, both of them do really, really good with contrasty, dramatic photos. Um, if you have dark darks and, and bright brights, then those do really, really well. Uh, one thing that I found about uh, metal in particular is if you have like track lighting or spotlight or something on a metal print, it looks incredible and it looks amazing. And if you don't have that and you have really garbage, just like one light bulb in the middle of the room, then any like shadows in a metal print are just going to fall away Mm -hmm. and look bad. So uh, you might want to think about like, where's this going? Is it going right in front of like a window or something that's highly reflective where you'll never be able to see the print? Um, Is this going to be in a place with adequate lighting? What do you like the style of what kind of photo is going in it? Um, So these are all things when you're kind of picking, um, and actually it's the same thing when you go with, uh, like, a shiny, glossy uh, paper versus a matte paper. A matte paper is going to have a little less contrast, be a little more muted, and that high gloss is kind of where you get that contrast. So what most people buy at, like, Costco and stuff is luster, Mm -hmm. which is, like, the balance between high gloss and... And, um, you know, you're not getting like the crazy fingerprints and like the reflections, but you're still getting decent contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what you print on makes an entire world of difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. How, uh, where, where are you going to mount these? How are you going to mount these? What kind of lighting, um, subject of the photo that all, <laughs> all plays into it. Uh, I, I'm a pretty plain person. Uh, most of the prints that I've ever done are just like luster photo paper, and I put them actually in frames. Um, but I have been tempted by uh, acrylic and uh, metal prints, uh, and especially you, Ben, have some super cool, just like huge scale prints that I don't I do. have anything like that. I've done mostly small prints um although every time i uh print on metallic paper metallic paper is like gloss on crack (laughs) uh every time i print on metallic paper people get ruined because that's all they want now yeah yeah. (laughs) it's cool stuff so uh we we touched into this a little bit uh talking about materials but what you should print um i think you should print pretty much anything i mean especially if you're talking about just on photo paper Prints are yeah. so cheap. Like, just try it. Just try all sorts of different stuff. What is it, like 11 cents at Costco? Yeah, right, exactly. Printing is just... Uh, it, that type of printing, at least, is so cheap. And just having physical photos can be fun in and of itself. Um, 
the really grand, large scale, you know, metal and acrylic prints are really cool, but you might consider something, you know, a little bit smaller, like do an array of eight by tens or four by fives, for example, you can make a big display out of smaller, cheaper prints. Um, so you might, you might consider, especially if you're on a budget, um, looking at doing more cheaper prints instead of one huge one as cool as uh, those are. But I think people should just kind of print more in general. It's, it's really cool. And um, it doesn't have to be uh, like some of the prints that might speak to you the most are not necessarily the technically best photographs, but as long as you like it and you like looking at it, that's all that matters. Um, And that can be, you know, art is subjective. That's one of the good and I guess sometimes bad things as far as arguments go about art. And if you like your art and you want to put it on the wall, that's all that matters. Um, so, yeah, don't think you need to do some huge grandiose thing uh, to just to uh, in print form. But, uh, yeah, so print print often and uh, print frequently. Um, so I've printed so what some subject stuff do you print the most? Oh, all, all sorts of stuff. I wouldn't say that I have a particular... Um, particular most frequent um, thing i feel like the most things you've asked me to print for you are wildlife photos yeah that's probably that's probably if i had a a number one category it's probably wildlife stuff um i shoot a lot of that stuff i think i like looking at it i like it lets me pretend that i'm some nat geo photographer um yeah i like wildlife stuff uh i think it prints really well in my opinion um, I struggled to uh, shoot people particularly well in stills. I do okay with video, but in stills, you're the portrait master. So I don't shoot a lot of people, um, much to the chagrin of some family members. They wish yeah, that I, nine, I did that more, that, but <laughs> 99% of the stuff that I print is just client mm-hmm. prints. Um, I don't print for myself too terribly often. Um, I obviously print studio samples and I try and update those on a regular basis so that my sample is still new and representative mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. my, my skill now, not my skill from five, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, uh, there are just one or two things of, you know what, that's an old one. It's time, time to get a new one. And then I can, you know, give that away to like a family friend. Cause it's been on the wall for years and uh, just you know getting something new and fresh it's yeah. it's nice to have some of those kind of landscape and more artsy stuff around the home yeah um, you might consider it, you know shooting um uh, this isn't for you specifically ben but in general you might consider shooting uh with the intent to print so so far we've talked yeah. about just like hey whatever you've got that you like print it um that's certainly valid but you could totally make your own art, right? You got a bare wall in your in your uh, your place that you want to fill. Maybe you go out and you shoot something specifically that fits with your decor, or fits with your specific design that you want to go with. Um, that can be super fun and extra rewarding that you made that as you know custom art for your own space. Yeah, so uh, that is an excellent point. Um, whenever actually I get a client that's not your average like family photo or wedding or something Mm -hmm. i will always ask them how will this photo be used because the answer to that question is going to inform how i shoot the photo Mm -hmm. so um if you're going to shoot like a wedding and they say you know we have this big empty space in the living room and we really kind of want a landscape-esque photo i'm looking for opportunities to do that while they're still in the photo but it's not a really big portrait of the two of them huge in the frame you know yeah um but a better example of that 
is um, if you're printing for like a magazine, uh, if if they say, hey, we need an image that's double truck, which for those of you listening who don't know what that means, that means a two-page spread. Well, if you shoot something where the image is dead center in the frame, they're going to fall into the crack in the magazine, and that's a bad photo for a double truck image. So uh, it's, it's little things like that that can change and inform how you shoot a thing if you know how it will be printed. Um, if it's going to be really, really tiny, okay, you can't do that huge landscape photo and print it really, really tiny because the scale of, like, no one will – why do you have this weird landscape photo? It's like, oh, that's actually a wedding photo of us. We're just smaller than your thumbnail. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely the scale is is something to consider. Um, you know, obviously there there are so many uh, there are tons of different sizes, and um, you know, there's the the defaults, you know, four by fives, eight by tens, that kind of stuff. But you can go and do you know huge poster size or or custom scaled stuff, um, and that that should be something if you're shooting to print um, that you should consider uh, from the get go. But you know kind of a good i i like the eight by ten size a lot um you can build it into cool kind of arrays of photos and it kind of it takes a lot of different photos pretty well um it's not it's certainly not the expert at any one thing i don't think but it it does pretty well with everything so for me me i would say start by printing eight by tens um because that's kind of a fun size it's big enough to be impressive I, I feel like an eight by ten is like great for a desk, but terrible mm-hmm. for a wall. Never put a single eight by ten above your couch. Like that just looks silly. No, yeah, <laughs> I would do multiple eight by tens. Like I actually just picked up a set of of I think it's actually ten frames that are eight by tens with the intention of you actually build a Collaging display them. out of it. Um, so yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't do like a single eight by ten. But yeah. as, as like a start to as a start for printing, they're pretty cheap. They're nice. They're a nice size to hold and, like you said, on a desk. Um, so it's one that you can, like, start printing if you're not sure and you haven't really printed anything before. You can start with that and get a feel for how things come out and how things look before sure. you go for a big one. Um, I've done that in the past, too, where I've done, like, a smaller scale sort of proof print before doing something larger. So, yeah, it can work out Oh, well. yeah, and there's definitely times where I've wanted to make a big print and... Um, the the Iceland print on my wall cost a few grand. So before you do that, do a test print. I'll, I'll spend $10 doing some small test prints because you're going to see mistakes that you mm-hmm. don't notice until it's printed. And then yep. you go, oh, shoot, I got to reprint that. Um, I have to fix it, then reprint it. Um, yeah, the, the other thing I ask my clients uh, is, like, what is the decor in your home? Because sometimes you're shooting art to, you know, go up on the wall and be decor. And if you, if your entire home is like black and white muted colors, well, don't shoot in front of a graffiti wall and put that up (laughs) of like, unless you want it to be the only thing that draws focus in the room. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's another thing of just kind of like, what is your taste and style and, and yeah, create, create art for your home. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is just start printing. Yep. So, if you decided that you have something or you're going to shoot something that you want to print, where do you print it or how do you print it? Should you print it at home? Should you get a photo printer? Well, I think everyone, uh, I, all of the online classes that are like, here's how you do printing. They're like, here are the best printers and here's the difference between printer X and printer Y. And then here's how we calibrate to forget all of that nonsense. Don't do it. Um, my, my favorite <laughs> comic ever is printers were sent from hell. 
Uh, it's an oatmeal comic. Um, I actually printed that out and uh, taped it to the printer at the last photo studio I worked at because it, om nom nom, Perfect. it constantly ate unicorn blood that is printer ink, and it was it was such a pain in my butt. And then my boss yelled at me every time a page got eaten about how much money that costs, and I'm like. Oh, God, I'm so glad I don't print my own photos. <laughs> yeah, I own a printer. It is a laser printer for documents only. Um, I have no interest in photo printers unless you specifically have have some situation where you have to have a printer. Um, you're, like you're, if you're going to an event and you're selling on-site, on-demand prints? Like what? that. Like that. <laughs> if yeah. you're doing that, it's probably I worth having a printer. I, yeah, I bought a printer for that exact reason, y'all. Um, yeah, so if you're doing that, uh, if you want to know the best kind of printer for home, this is probably not the episode for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about all the ways to prep and work on your photo to get it to print well, but uh, we don't like printing at home because that's just such a pain in the butt. And the like, it prints are just so cheap. Mm-hmm. I don't... Mm-hmm just i just buy them (laughs) yeah printing at home is still pretty expensive you tend to have a lot of issues with printers because they're not built to you know produce a commercial amount of prints um and the quality is generally not as good um i mean even the cheapest worst commercial options will often have dramatically better quality because they've got huge professional grade printers for every photo that comes through there so yeah i mean you're gonna have you're going to have a better experience on uh, with almost any uh, professional print provider. And if you do have a bad experience with one, then they'll probably make it right if it's something dramatic. And if they don't make it right, move on to another one. There's lots of good commercial print opportunities out there to there take are. advantage of. There are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when I started out, there are a ton of different labs that I tested. And there are some labs that are like, oh, that's nice. And they have some neat features. And there are some labs that are like, yeah, they have a neat feature. But this design was so poorly thought out. Why did they do that? No, they're gone. I can't give my clients this. And then there are some that just like I printed, I'm like, those skin tones look like garbage. I can't use you. So um, with with the years of printing that I've done, here are the ones that we've kind of narrowed it down to. So my go-to is Bay Photo. Um, oh, and links to all of these will be down in the doobly-doo mm-hmm. or description of <laughs> podcast thing that you're listening to. Um, so yeah, the first one I use is Bay Photo. Um, they they print, their stuff is super cheap. Their su- stuff is super high quality. Um, they're usually a little bit cheaper than other uh, printers, but then they make you pay for shipping. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But shipping costs have gone down recently, which has been weird, but awesome. Uh, the next one on my list is White House Custom Color, which I think is nearly identical to Bay Photo, uh, unless you're like local to them instead. Um, but it is their prints cost slightly more, but then they don't charge for shipping. So it literally comes out to within pennies of each other. It just depends on who's having a sale that week. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. I would say that, um, my overall go to is Costco. Um, I mean, they're, they're just like, that sounds really silly. (laughs) Costco puts out some pretty Uh, darn good prints. Um, you can't pick them up in person anymore, which is unfortunate. Um, I have not printed as much since they removed in-person service, uh, which is, uh, 
Yeah, it's a shame. That was really convenient because uh, I go to Costco a lot. But um, you still can order them and have them shipped to you. Um, they're print. They they have really good machines. Um, their prints are generally great quality and generally quite cheap. They do all sorts of other stuff, you know, canvas and stuff like that as well. Um, so Costco is like my go-to where I'm not like too concerned about the quality, even though the quality is good. They're like a good you know, above average quality for pretty much everything. Um, otherwise, I agree, Bay Photo is probably the next place that I'd go, um, or White House Custom Color. Uh, I did do some research and found two other options uh, if they are of interest uh, or if those three don't work for you. One is MPix, which comes... I've used them. Yeah, which comes highly reviewed from a lot of people. Um, it seems, again, kind of similar to Bay Photo, really, Uh to me anyway, but, um... so one thing that I will say about MPix mm-hmm. is, so yes, I have used them. Um, if you sign, so the thing with white house custom color and Bay photo is like now they're a little more accessible, but it used to be that there was like a process that you had to do to sign up and become a customer before you could order anything. Mm-hmm. And then you had to use their ordering software. Um, it's only, in the last couple of years that you're actually able to order prints from them online from the website. Um, so MPEX was saying like, Oh, we have that same quality except, um, it's open to the masses. Um, except it was a lot more expensive. However, MPEX has basically opened up and they kind of have their own, like, Hey, are you a photographer? All you need to tell us is you're a photographer. And then you do that same thing and you sign up and the prices are dramatically cheaper. So if you do print through MPix, don't be fooled and do their public facing option. Sign up and become like one of the, hey, I'm a photographer and print it that way. And now you're actually getting the same prices as Bay Photo or White House. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, uh, yeah, they're, I guess, I guess Miller's is their professional side. And MPix is, yeah. Uh, their private side is is my understanding, but yeah, there oh, you go. Did, did did it get merged or bought or something? Because I've Miller's is also on my list as another. Yeah, Miller's is part of Mpix uh, now. I think yeah, I think they okay. they probably bought what it seems like to me is either they bought Miller's or or they moved their professional side of Mpix into Miller's. Um, but yeah, they are they're the same entity now. Um, so yeah, that's. Okay probably um, where you go for that yeah another another kind of random shout out um i i have all these companies just kind of as backups but i don't really use them because bay photo just kind of takes care of what i need and mm-hmm. i'm lazy um another one is black river imaging mm. um that they're actually the company i got the huge uh iceland print from and while i've probably used about a dozen more i don't use those other dozen for a reason so i'm not gonna name them <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, the, the the last one that I that I would want to mention is Printique, which used to be Adoramapix, which obviously is a company, you know, attached to Adorama, who I've bought uh, camera gear before. Um, again, they're just supposed to be a pretty good, uh, just a pretty good performer in general. Uh, similarly to uh, Mpix, there's probably some, you know, there's probably some professional angle you can get on them maybe you can get a sale on their prints or have depending on the size of your order they have an advantage with with shipping prices but uh, printique is the last one that i saw very consistently um 
very consistently approved of uh, with photographers online. So that's pretty much where I would go to print. Uh, for me, Costco, then Bay Photo, then probably White House Custom Color, and then anybody else. <laughs> but they all seem yeah. to be pretty good choices. Yeah, um, I mean, I I used to print between Bay Photo and White House Custom Color, just mm-hmm. depending on who's on sale that week. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. Um, they're pretty much the same. So, yeah, all all good companies. Um, now that we've pretty much listed that, uh, we've talked about printing, like what you should print, and we've talked about where you should print. Now let's talk about how you should print. Kind of the ins and outs of actually setting your photos up for success because um, just spitting a raw photo into a print, it it makes me cry because it's not going to look good. Yeah, um, uh, this this setup. I mean, it'll probably look good, but it could be better. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Like, it'll (laughs) it'll probably be impressive right away because it's a printed photo. But but it's um, because you don't know where the level is that it could be if you did it right. Exactly. Um, So the first thing starts outside of the digital sphere, uh, which is calibrating your monitor if you can. I mean, it's related to the digital sphere, but you know, you have to actually put something on your monitor and. get everything calibrated um yeah the thing that you funny enough the thing that you look at that's displaying your photos before you print them has a an effect on the photos that you're printing um it can lead to one of the the biggest things that i see with non-calibrated um monitor prints is it leads to pretty dramatic color shifts so like some monitors tend to trend more blue in their colors and so you are editing your photo based off of a skewed perception of what that photo actually looks like and because it turns it's, out it's a skewed little blue. too orange and then it turns out too orange exactly um so that's a really common one um uh w- one that's a little bit more subtle is uh part of calibrating your monitor is often calibrating based off of the, your lighting environment and so the photo could look darker or lighter and uh it could then as a result in the print look darker or lighter than you want it to Very look do because of your your surrounding lighting environment so um if you if if at all possible you should calibrate your monitor uh if you don't want to buy a calibrator fair enough uh try to find a friend who has one and use theirs because it's worth it <laughs> yeah, so so one of the things that I know, uh, I'm sure a lot of these labs do it, but Bay Photo, um, they you can buy economy prints, which are exactly the same as normal prints, except they're not color checked by a real person before they go through the printer. So if you buy a normal print, you are paying more, but then someone actually looks at it, make sure that like the color profile is right and the contrast looks good, and then they're like, okay, that looks good, and then they print it. If you want them to make zero changes, that means you know that your photo is going to look good on their printer with their paper, then you can save a bunch of money. But the only way to do that is either by wasting a bunch of money with a bunch of prints to dial it in or buying a color calibrator. (laughs) So yeah, long, long scale, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to do a lot of printing, especially with one particular provider, uh, buying a calibrator might be worth it um you might that might pay itself oh, totally off worth term. it yeah i mean i mean it's good for other thing things too, too it's just better yeah. it's, it's just totally worth it yeah mm-hmm. no um i've i've had cl- uh i had one client complain that like my tv wasn't showing right i'm like yeah because it's an old ass tv like i don't know what you want me well guess what calibrate it mm-hmm. 
so it looks the same. Um, something else that color calibration, the first time I calibrated my monitor, it surprised me so much that the actual brightness level that my monitor needs to be at to show me accurate colors is somewhere in the realm of like 30% brightness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that means if you're at 50%, 70%, God forbid, 100% brightness on your monitor, then your photo will look absolutely nothing like it will when you print it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. In in my experience calibrating my monitors, um, reds are some of the most dramatically affected colors. Mm-hmm. The the reds shift so much if your if your monitor is not calibrated. Uh, it, it's crazy to see. Pretty much all the calibrators will show you a an example of here's your calibrated you know, here's an example image of calibrated and here's an example of uncalibrated. And it's crazy, especially in reds, how much yeah. it will, it will shift and how much clearer. And, uh, I mean, you can even see in my experience anyway, you can even see more detail on reds, um, with a calibrated monitor, uh, which is just crazy to me. So it, it really can make a big difference. It, in my experience, red is one of the colors that goes out of gamut first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you don't know what we mean by that, uh, it's basically when it starts block, blocking up and bricking because there's colors that exist in there that cannot be displayed. Mm-hmm. And when I say displayed, it could be that it's blocking up on your monitor and you just can't see it. Or it could be that you're printing and in that CMYK, you literally can't get the right ink combination to get the thing that you told the printer to print and then it just puts down this big batch of blah Mm. and then it like blocks up and looks bad um this is especially bad when you work at a commercial print company and your uh your clients include ferrari and (laughs) (laughs) coca-cola yep that's a thing i did it was real bad. Uh, <laughs> reds block up so fast. So we actually had special print processes that we did for those two companies to make sure that all of their reds stay accurate and in gamut. Um, it was it was ridiculous. Um, reds are tricky. They are. So, uh, yeah, absolute calibrate your monitor. Another one is color space. Mm-hmm. So... If you send your photos to Costco, Costco wants sRGB versus if you send your photo to anyone else, maybe you're sending them Adobe or ProPhoto. Um, And here's the thing. If you edit in an Adobe RGB image and then you forget to check your color profile and you upload that to Facebook you get this really disgusting, like, oh, oh, God, what did they do to my image? And sometimes you'll just drive yourself crazy not realizing, oh, shoot, I forgot to change the color space on that. Um, so, no, always always print in the actual color that your printer wants mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just to be safe. And here's the thing. I've never really had a problem with this. I just edit in sRGB. <gasps> Whoa. How dare you? <laughs> but then whenever it goes to web or print, it always looks the way I edited it. Every time I've had an issue with skin tones coming out like blotchy and gross, it's because I, I sent out an Adobe RGB and didn't convert it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly my recommendation is provide files in the highest resolution you can. Um, sRGB 8-bit color is very safe. Uh, if your printer can do adobe rgb and you want to you want to edit in that and you and you're okay with you know managing that then go for it um but oh, we printed in adobe yeah. at the commercial studio 
Like when mm-hmm. we printed for like Leatherman and Microsoft and stuff, we're printing in Adobe. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no. It whenever I send it out, it looks bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the the next thing is using the correct DPI and resizing or cropping. Uh, resizing and cropping is really easy. Uh, depends on your print. Like what kind of print are you printing? What size? What ratio? Um, resize slash crop depending on that print. Pretty straightforward. Uh, DPI also can be pretty straightforward. Generally, you'll be at 300 DPI um, and you can yeah. generally just set it to 300 and be done. If your printer or print job requires something specific, you'll probably know that due to a variety of reasons and you'll set that to a specific thing when the time comes but pretty much your prints are going to be 300 dpi most printers don't really care as long as the actual pixel count is there Mm -hmm. you could be set to one dpi and it could be billboard size at one dpi but the pixels are exactly the same as an 8 by 10 at 300 dpi Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um most most printers don't care some get really picky about it um but Something else that uh, if you've ever tried uploading a photo to Costco and it gives you the like resolution warning, that's the we do not have enough pixels to print this at 300 DPI Mm -hmm. warning. Um, Sometimes that's just fine. I don't care. Basically, the biggest I can print at Costco without getting that warning is an 8 by 10. (laughs) And like I'm shooting on a 22 megapixel camera. Um so so that matters but only to an extent yeah um so like, like I've metal seen, prints o- i've seen prints down into like 150 that don't look functionally different depending on the material you print on um yeah metal mm-hmm. only prints at 150 mm-hmm. versus uh acrylic can print at 300 or 600 um but they look identically functionally the same uh canvas you can get away with even lower because like i said the actual canvas texture will hide a lot of those imperfections but uh yeah do do keep a look on that size uh so here's a quick thing for you everyone knows that if you take a really really small file and try and print it really really big it looks like garbage but a lot of people don't know if you take a really really big file and you try and print it really really small it also looks like garbage (laughs) that's because uh when the when i mean here's the thing if you send it to one of these big companies we've already talked about minus costco they will scale it and sharpen it appropriately when you send it to them if you don't or you're getting the economy and you're just way off on the size that you're printing then when it scales it's going to scale a little weird and your details are going to get like a little bit smudged or a little bit over sharpened. Usually, usually I see over sharpening on like digital compression and I see smudginess on print compression. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, try. So like whenever I give clients headshots, I give them a ginormous file and this is for printing. And then I give them a significantly smaller file and say, this is for web. Because for web, it's still huge. But if you try printing that, it would look bad anything bigger than like a four by six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The the sharpening is is an aspect that you might have to take into account depending on who you're printing with. Um, it Sharpening, to me, I, I don't think I have a good like rule of thumb. Always, you know, sharpen this way always. I think it depends on... Your material, it depends on your size. Um, and it totally depends on the photo. And yeah, it depends on the photo. It depends on the subject matter. Like, um, you're going to sharpen a landscape photo way more than you sharpen a portrait. Yeah, lots of fine details. Sharpen it more. Um, 
if uh, you you can get away with sharpening um, more on less precise materials. So how like you know canvas hides a lot of mistakes. It can also hide a lot of sharpening of d- and hide um, a lot of detail too. Hide a lot so of detail. you're gonna want. Mm-hmm. So if you want a high detailed print, but you're trying to print on canvas, you're gonna have to sharpen it way more than if you're printing on normal photo paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so sharpening, unfortunately, that's one of the things where you'll probably have to experiment a little bit and get a feel for uh, how much you want to sharpen on particular on particular materials. That being said. Yeah, uh, on something like acrylic or metal or, um, you know, in, increasingly on paper, if it's metallic paper, uh, sharpen that less. It'll it'll start to look over sharp. Um, you know, on, on normal paper, just kind of an average amount on canvas, you can sharpen a ton. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, it also depends on size a little bit too. So like smaller prints, you can get away with a lot more sharpening um, than larger prints where you'll see that artifacting a lot more. Um, yeah, so, something, um, I, I think we're getting to the end of our list, mm-hmm. but something else that, um, I've noticed when I print is depending on the material that you print on brightness, mm-hmm. you're going to lose brightness from your screen version to your print version. Yeah. So if you want to be able to hold up a print next to your screen and go, yep, that's what I printed, then you're going to have to brighten it like a touch. If I no- print just like an eight by 10, I usually don't even worry about it. But if I'm printing anything larger than that, then I will fine tune uh, the print to whatever I'm printing it on. So if I'm printing on like photo paper or something that's glossy, then I don't need to raise it as much than if you're printing on matte. Mm-hmm. So like, um, actually this is weird. Uh, metal prints and deep matte prints lose way more light than like glossy prints, luster prints, or acrylic prints. It's like at least a third of a stop more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh, this sounds really dumb to say out loud, but it is the case. You know, looking at a screen, a photo presented on the screen is backlit. Like there is a light behind your screen that's shooting through an array. Yeah of pixels and hitting your eye and photos for the most part, but not completely are generally lit from reflected light where the light's hitting the photo and then bouncing back to your eye. And that really can remove a lot of light. So you, you do have to brighten up depending on material. Um, sometimes quite a bit in order for that to look equivalent, um, to a screen. And that's actually, uh, like we said with calibrating your monitor, um, that's part of that, why that's important is, and why it's important to, find where the brightness of your monitor is most color accurate because it's it's hinting at that which can change (laughs) based on like you said the lighting conditions Mm -hmm. if you are in a dark room your brightness is uh, on the calibrator is going to be way different than if you're uh in an office next to a window yep definitely definitely um well i think one of the last things uh kind of a last ditch effort to to reduce any print errors is if you're working in something like lightroom or any piece of software that has soft proofing um i would check that out it just gives you kind of an idea of what your photo will look like um on a virtual piece of photo paper it'll give you an idea for uh you know the bleed like how 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 
far to the edges of the photo paper. Um, it will print. Uh, it'll just kind of give you a, a last ditch effort at <laughs> pre- pre- preventing, especially any kind of like cropping or yeah. print size so, issues. So my experience with all the soft proofing is that um, if you're editing in sRGB, soft proofing should theoretically look exactly identical yeah. to your screen. You should not see a difference. If you're editing in Adobe or Pro Photo, then as soon as you hit that soft print button, there will be a shift and you have to think to yourself, is this shift acceptable? If it isn't, go re-edit your photo for the print. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a good final checkout. And uh, with that, I think we've pretty much covered it. Um, yeah, there, there's why you should print, what you should print, where you should print, how you should print. Who should you print? <laughs> yeah, who should you print? Uh, in your case, it is a tawny owl. Yes. And yeah. in my case, it is a big brown bear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's great print material. Lots of oh, lots I love of detail photos of my dog. Lots of detail in that fur. You need to sharpen that up. Oh, sharpen it <laughs> so much. If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo op dot show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non creative. As in om nom nom. Share this with a friend and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Cause it's free.